I know this is this. There's something on record. I want to state that I was on the record that I didn't approve, but I did laugh. <laughs> we are back, episode number 24, Solve for Why vlogcast. Of course, it is myself, Christian Soto, Matt Berkey in the building. And another week, another show. Welcome back. Almost halfway. Halfway to the end point of 50 vlogcast episodes. That's the goal that Google told us to reach. Big story this week. Danny Negreanu closes his win on player of the year. Three times he's done this feat. Before he used to get a Kia or something. Now you got a banner only. Um, but what are your thoughts? It seems as if it's a big deal. This is, this is something that, uh, the community was following. Deeb was going for back-to-back titles, never been done. And instead we get Daniel Negreanu winning three, also never been done. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the race is exciting. I think that, you know, it's a pretty flawed system and everybody is kind of aware of that, but that aside, everybody... Everybody has a level playing field, you know. They all know the rules going in. So um, it was. It gave reason to pay attention to WSOP Europe, I guess, mm. which is nice because um, I feel like it's greatly fallen off. Uh, I can remember, you know, the the early, I guess, like five six years ago um, when WSOP E was kind of booming. Mm-hmm. The the main event was like you know two or three million to first something of that nature. And uh, I think that they were still in, I want to say London or Paris, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think L- it was London. Uh, Victoria. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a big deal. I mean, it was it was the one event where if you never traveled to Europe, it was something you would strongly consider. I don't know that Rosgadov really ranks up there with hot spots for travel. But what would be your hot spots for travel in Europe? Australia. Oh, in Europe? I don't know. I've never been. Not places cold and dark, though. I can stay here for that. So you don't like it? Like, what would be like if you had to pick? Like, somewhere in the Mediterranean. Like somewhere that's warm on water. Different than Vegas. Like Venice? Yeah. No, sorry. Italy not Venice. Nice. Uh, what is it called? Is it called Venice? Venice is in Italy. Okay. Uh, Barcelona was, would be nice. Barcelona's nice. They speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Very good. Women are nice. Mm. Speak my language. Sure. That's my home country. It's like my home home country. My double home. You you, got to pick a lane here, man. You have three countries now. No, I have two. I was just implanted here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was was from in Spain and then implanted to DR and then implanted to... I don't know where I'm going next. Shit's out out of hand, man. Mars. Fucking Elon Musk going to send us over there. Implanted in Mars. You're rich. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, all right, so do is this something that you think now that Daniel Negreanu has won it again, 
something that might pick up some steam. It seems like he's very adamant in terms of like changing the rules. He's also, you know, probably still amongst the most popular uh, faces of the game. People follow him. What do you think comes out of this as it pertains to moving forward for player of the year? It seems as if people are pretty uh, putting the pressure on WSOP to give an award for this, uh, given the fact that they get nothing. I mean, well, I think it depends, right? Like if the people know where the award's coming from, they're probably going to put a lot less pressure on. If it means like some sort of additional money subtracted from the prize pool or if the collective community effectively is paying for the reward or the award, then I don't think that the common people are going to be all like, yeah, Daniel deserves $10,000. Right. But, you know, it would be nice if there was something more than a banner attached to it, give incentive for um, maybe some more outside faces that are lesser known to take a run at it. Personally, like, it's never something I've considered or cared about. Now, granted, as just a no-limit player, that pushes me off the radar a little bit. But I think that a lot changed in the scoring this year compared to last. So, to your point, like, I know Daniel's been very vocal. He's on the, I don't know if it's an actual board or if he's just an advisor or whatever, but um he does like help the wsop a lot with structures and things of that nature and i think that something happened in the scoring where events like the colossus became worth a lot more and that's why you saw him literally playing everything on the schedule Mm. so as it pertains to the scoring it seems like players and the community was were talking where they always talk you know on twitter sure and the discussion of like profitability came into play where it was like, okay, well, can you just like rebuy a bunch of times? You're not even actually winning. Not as it pertains to Daniel. We don't necessarily know. Uh, but it seems as if people are saying, well, you know, we want to at least ensure or at least push towards the player of the year having a profitable year, therefore uh, potentially negating points or for rebuys. What are your thoughts? I mean, I like it, but it's obviously complex. So it's like the more complex of a system that you create for WSOP to track, the more incentives need to align between the players and the facilitator. And right now, like this is just a nice little caveat to the series that the WSOP is pretty hands off about. It's like, we're going to give you a banner and that's it. Here's your scoring system, you know, do with it as you will. Uh, and for the players, like they take it a little bit more seriously. They do 25k drafts, and I, I think that's why Daniel's kind of like always in their ear of like we should make these tweaks and these tweaks. And th-. but I'm sure WSOP largely is just like yeah, whatever. Like it's just an arbitrary point system. We don't care who wins the POI. But if they can find a common ground where you know Daniel winning a third time is helpful to their brand, or Deeb winning back to back is helpful to their brand. And we as players can kind of leverage that into saying like, hey, let's make this a thing. You know, it doesn't just have to be the main event that is the showstopper for the year. It'd be nice to be tracking people throughout the summer. You'd get more people watching live streams when these guys final table and you'd have a lot more attention being paid to the open events, which I'm sure benefits everyone. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Other story we found this week, uh, or came across rather, is Doug Polk is moving away from creating public content. It seems as if he was a big figure in terms of growing the game on various platforms uh, through YouTube, as well as a little bit through Twitch. And it seems like he's stepping away. Do you think that 
this has become somewhat of a theme. We saw this uh, happen once before. Jason Somerville was the initial, like, kind of godfather of this, like, content, uh, poker content and poker streaming. Torch was passed to Doug Polk. Torch is passed to Matt Berkey. Uh, I don't know about that. But uh, I think it's logical for Doug. I think that uh, the content was all a part of a greater business plan. And he executed it very well. He realized what the ceiling was. Uh, he probably attained it or damn near close to it. And, you know, the juice just doesn't become worth the squeeze at that point. So it's like, what's he supposed to do? Just create poker content forever and appease this finite audience that's decreasing by the day. Um, it's just much more practical to create an engine that continue to churn, that can continue to churn like once you step away and uh, move on to other things, be it laterally or just totally out of the sphere. Do you think he's important for the game, as a, for the for the growth of the game? Like he has the biggest uh, um, platform. No, much. I don't think any one person has any sort of control over that the way that we like to imply they do but i think what he did was very important for uh kind of drawing a line in the sand as far as what's possible in this realm and that's not to say that you can't go above and beyond but i think it does create like really well-defined uh boundaries as far as like you know what type of audience are we dealing with uh what do consumers look like what do recreationals look like what do uh study players look like what are they interested in what type of content do they consume all this stuff so you know if nothing else his attempt at the content game really allowed for a lot of poker specific data to kind of make its way throughout the market and no no shock like the the response to that was just a massive influx of new creators do you think that has grown the game or has just kind of exposed what was already there? Uh, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the game's growth. I think that it certainly uh, keeps people engaged longer. Mm. So it may help with retention. But people's exposure to poker is very rarely going to be, at least in my opinion, uh, it's very rarely going to be stumbling upon some sort of uh, piece of content and then suddenly deciding like yeah that's what I want to spend my time doing I, I discovered poker through content right but you discovered it through TV but and that was only a very short span so say for example I discovered it through TV and then now there was no online f to continue my like sort of engagement with the game I would have to wait like maybe till next week for the new poker after dark episode at that point I might just like lose interest and move on so I feel as if like even if they even if someone goes and like stumbles onto uh, Fox Sports Net and sees a WPT final table, and now all of a sudden Google's poker or YouTube YouTube searches poker, YouTube search needs their own like actor like thing, like like it's a like YouTube's poker. Like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they are the search engine. I I get it, but like it's just like you can't say like Google Poker when you're trying to like Google Poker videos with like a YouTube whatever. They'll come. I got you, Google. I'll, I'll hook you up. Um, then they go from Fox Fox Sports Nets and Fox Sports Nets and goes on on YouTube or Google whatever. Google's poker videos, and they run into like Doug's and stuff like that. Now they get engagement this way, like. 
do you think that happens yeah for sure but i don't i don't follow where that has any uh correlation to the growth of poker like they were already interested in poker for them to find well if there's nothing then the interest just kind of dies but well sort of but the exposure would die they would never be really exposed to begin with and there isn't nothing even if doug didn't exist there's hardly a, a void of uh like poker related material there are forums there are articles there are a million different ways that people will learn about the game mm. uh i think that online poker was the big facilitator to the growth because when they watch that show then they could just go test that's a big difference. Um, so I think that's why I said like it may help for retention. But the vast majority of people consuming Polk's content or anyone else's are probably very inactive in the actual game itself. Um, you know, I, I would wager that uh, the vast, not not the vast, but definitely a minority, a simple minority of them actually play consistently. So you think that the people watching are rather like fans of the game rather than like players that are playing like let's say 10 hours a week or more yeah i mean for one reason or another whether they're too intimidated still to get involved or they don't feel like they know enough and that's why they're watching they want to consume more until they feel confident or they just find it entertaining and they're fascinated by the game itself but can't fathom taking on that level of risk Mm -hmm. uh this isn't unique to poker like you know i don't work on cars but i watch a lot of mechanic shows and Mm -hmm. i hate tattoos but i watch ink master every week this is normal consumption for people who have interest outside of like the things that they're active with in their life. What percentage do you think that is though? So like, I think it's high. I think it's like 50 to 60% are probably actively watching, uh, maybe 10 X more than they're playing. So they have played poker before, or they do play occasionally, but it's probably a, a, a very strong minority that don't play 10 hours a week. Like, watching sports you're saying like so this is like nba like they're tuning in and but they don't actually play the game but they enjoy the game and, and like enjoy the kind of the the daily kind of consumption of the game yeah i think a lot of people get turned on to content creators channels because they watch a lot of streamed games and they want to know more mm-hmm. they want to they want to hear about a hand that they've watched in real time and had some thoughts about but didn't have anyone to speak them to or weren't that confident in what they believed. Now they get to watch an expert dissect it. It's just like watching sports center or uh, inside the NFL or whatever. I think part of it though is this. So if, if you look at YouTube as a whole, so out like just the vlogging genre, right? There's vlogs that are very popular that are just about people and their lives. Like there's nothing else. Like it's just like, walk like walk with me through this life of mine and the some of those are the most popular channels period right i think sort of that that sort of clout that gets built around these profiles in poker like doug polk somerville uh Nimi's and stuff is not only because of the 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 game they're playing but rather people become invested in this person and they want to walk through this journey of poker plus other things and I think that's a way of, of, of also growing the game in an indirect fashion, not related exactly to, you know, the turn of a card. When you say grow the game, you mean its audience, not necessarily its consumers. 
the awareness of poker being out there, yes. Right. How many of those actually convert to active consumers are, are very different. Mm. But yeah, I agree with you. Like um, every everybody that you mentioned, even the, the people who are just like, hey, come walk through a day of my life. Mm. They all have some sort of anchor. For our creators, it just happens to be poker. But like for um, others, it may be that they're really attractive or they're very funny or they do skits or they have an exotic job of some sort uh, or an exotic hobby. There's always going to be some sort of like niche attached to it that's going to curate their initial audience. From there, if they're good at what they do, they'll get big enough where they'll become widespread. And now it's just enough to say like, hey, it's Tuesday. Come see what I'm going to have for lunch. Mm -hmm. So you think it's, it's more that they have like a thing that people are interested in similarly to this poker that people are interested yeah, in? Yeah, I mean like... Uh, a very simple example would be like Mr. Beast. I think he's like one of the top five biggest YouTube channels. And he started off as a gamer, which is how he curated his initial audience. Mm. And then he began making money that way and just started facilitating giveaways endlessly. So this guy gives away just like seven figures every year through his YouTube channel. And of course, people are going to show up whenever there's money to be made for watching. Um, even if they're EV in tuning into all however many episodes he makes a year, 200, 300, who knows. Uh, maybe like cents on the dollar, they're still now basically getting entertainment value and the chance to get some money in return. Seems like a strategy we might have to employ. Seems like a good thing. All right, so Pennsylvania launches Poker Stars, and today was the first day as we're recording. Currently, they won't. By the time they see this, they won't no longer be the first day, and. That opens up the conversation of, one, the tweet from Andrew Yang last week, which I think is important to address, as well as just the kind of reintroduction to PokerStars now on a second state, uh, you know, after the whole, like, debacle of Black Friday and things. It seems as if like slowly but surely poker stars being reintroduced to the American market. So first let's talk about another state getting online poker, the importance of that, and the and then finally it being specifically Pennsylvania, your home state, um, and it being poker stars. Um well I don't understand too much about the the regulations as far as like where they are and where they aren't my knowledge is that they need a land-based casino in order to operate online mm -hmm. um and for whatever reason they can't facilitate that here in nevada and then secondarily uh now that they've been purchased uh i can't remember the group but they own FanDuel. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems as though they are of higher likelihood to be existing in current dfs markets so no surprise that they're opening there. Um, I imagine that WSOP will be soon to follow. I'm surprised, I guess, that Party wasn't a part of the launch. Mm. Um, yeah. I imagine that has something to do with land base. Yeah, it seems like uh, Party is married with MGM, and I'm unsure how many MGM casinos are in Pennsylvania. None. Right. Yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's unfortunate. Um, I wonder if they'll start to target areas where yeah i mean I, I don't know how much pool like mgm and party and all them have like if boston would be on the radar i think michigan's most likely to be next yeah 
Um, and that has some, um, I believe, some MGM. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some MGM. Yeah, in Detroit. There. Yeah. So, as it pertains to another state going in, it seems as if everyone's waiting for this domino effect to happen where we get another major state, high population. Um, effectively, a couple years ago, everyone said, well, when, when California goes, like every other state will just follow. Are we nearing that? moment in time where it's like okay pennsylvania is a pretty big state if we get michigan as well it seems like people will have to follow i think there's a better shot of getting new york than california to be honest Mm um i mean that's just my gut instinct but for whatever reason uh i think i don't know what the big holdup is there other than the california is the indian tribes yeah but i don't think that that's solely it Mm -hmm. um because it's not like they wouldn't do well Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with federal debt or, uh, sorry, um, like local state debt. Hmm. Um, and I think that my best guess would be they wouldn't want to share their liquidity right? due to the fact that they can tax higher uh, than if they were, you know, getting a part of Delaware. So I imagine that's a big hang up. I, I don't know if or when uh, shared liquidity is going to push through PA, hopefully sooner than later. I actually don't think Pennsylvania becoming a part of um, the legalized states matters until it's shared. Yeah, uh, in a big picture sense, but in terms of just like getting the ball rolling. Yeah, it's great. Uh, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, it's, it's still a very small step. Like there are still great uh, market sites operating all through the U.S. So it's still probably a billion dollar a year industry in the United States in unregulated markets. So, I mean, it's like, you know, people find a way there's, there's definitely money to be made. Um, I, I just think that the path forward is very difficult. It's encouraging to see Yang talk about it. Uh, it's encouraging to at least temporarily have seen the wire act, uh, repealed and lifted. Um, I'm not sure where they landed on that because I know that they retracted a bit. What do you think about, uh, a presidential candidate addressing poker. It seems as if this is maybe the first time I've at least seen that happen where a presidential candidate actually even mentions the word of poker. Um, well, uh, it was very strategic. Don't, don't be fooled. I love Yang. I like a lot of what he stands for, but he's kind of throwing a lot of shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, let me speak logically about all of the minority type issues that are taking place and see how many like niche groups I can get to back me. Mm-hmm. Like poker's low hanging fruit were relatively intelligent, logical, and happy to hear uh, that the thing that was once flourishing in this country is now on the radar of somebody who could regulate it. So you think it was something where it was like, okay, well, this is a demographic of poker players as a whole, generally leaning male, um, middle age maybe somewhere like 30 to 50 um and he just like said or actually maybe if talking about online poker he's probably moving that that age um bracket down a little bit and maybe this is something that he needed in his polling something like this so this is kind of what you're saying well here's the thing so we know what the demographic is for people who uh train online effectively so people who engage in training sites are largely male midwestern voted for trump 
somewhere between the age of like mid 30s to early 40s have large expendable incomes so make six figures or so yeah um tend to lean libertarian conservative whatever the case may be but they unify under the idea of poker and currently that that group is not being serviced in playing online mm. so despite the fact that yang is speaking regulations which that side would generally argue against in this particular instance it would give them a platform to play so now he targets some of uh the the right-leaning uh groups that may be dis displeased with trump and be persuaded over to left right so this allows him to kind of take a middling almost libertarian stance and then to your point the people who are going to be uh like kind of frothing at the mouth to play online are going to be late 20s early 30s a lot of which maybe have never voted um or have only voted recently uh whatever the case may be also probably pretty disenfranchised by the current regime and not happy with the Democrats that are being run out there that, you know, are are taking much more socialistic approaches. So as far as the, the demo of people who are interested in online poker specifically, mm. yeah, there are probably a lot of non-voters or slightly right-leaning voters or independent voters that are for sale effectively. And this is a great way to get them into your to your corner. So then Joe Ingram puts out a tweet with a small video, kind of engaging the both his, you know, the poker poker community behind him, as well as, you know, reaching out to Andrew Yang and saying, Hey, come on, let's like expand on your thought process uh on this topic. And, you know, we do have real problems here, both with unregulated markets that we can't control pretty much. We have no say uh, and, you know, some cheating, all, all these things effectively. Can we have these like platforms that effect effectively start at poker and then expand to people outside of poker and bringing them in to like solve our problems, but further like just having people that begin at poker like Joe Ingram and then eventually potentially moving outside of it through the same platform. Can someone start at poker and then accrue that audience, as you said earlier, and then move into like a more mainstream platform? Yeah, I mean, depending upon their their reach or their effectiveness at gaining reach. So it's really just kind of about like what's your network, how far outside of poker uh do, do your degrees of separation go? Um, how interesting are you to the to the masses? Uh, you know, effectively just what are you capable of providing for value for other groups and communities that aren't directly affected by what you do on your day in and day out? Who do you think who do you think is like if you had to pick people that would pro, would be in line to do that, who would they be? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of people capable in the community. Uh, I know that was kind of a goal of ours when we started this. Uh, it was on the whiteboard for months until we had to erase it for an academy. But yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, a guy like Gelfond's a good ambassador. There, There's no doubt about that. But you also have to be able to facilitate all of the, uh, I guess, creative outlets that allow you to expand. So... It requires production, it requires marketing, it requires um, creativity, it requires 
some unique approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no real recipe for going viral. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you just have to keep plugging away until you start to make some headway towards uh, a greater goal that may or may not even be attainable. Yeah, I could see that. I see, uh, you know, the, the general strategies are, you know, leaning towards like either major talking points that are not necessarily in poker, but rather outside of poker or like big events that happen in poker that when you're a uh, first move, when you're like, uh, have first mover advantage, like you kind of gain that entire audience right away. Uh, and I think that's kind of what happened with, uh, Joe Ingram as it pertains to the puzzle thing. Like he kind of took reins on that, uh, as it pertains to other talking, uh, other big things like Jason Somerville was the first like big kind of streamer. And then now he's parlayed that to the NFL thing, which is going to premiere, uh, this Thursday, uh, on his Twitch channel. So are you excited to tune into that? Cause I think that's kind of like a big breakthrough thing in terms of like one person taking on poker and then moving into like a different platform under yeah. his same platform. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I still need to know more about this deal. I need to know like how involved if at all the NFL is, or at least given permissions, but like that aside, I do think it's a huge deal. Um, it's still kind of a lateral move because it's sports affiliated. I imagine there's going to be a betting undertone to it. So, uh, you know, leaning into DFS, leaning into sports betting, that's just poker on steroids, right? It's it's a billion dollar industry as opposed to uh, a multi-million dollar or a hundred million dollar industry, whatever uh, the metrics actually work out to be. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in week 10, uh, Steelers versus Browns. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hear him uh just chop up how bad these these browns look this year and how underrated the steelers are you think you're underrated yeah best defense in the nfl talking about betting you we kind of hint hinted at a bet earlier episodes between you and i and it was a body fat loss bet and your proposal was for me to lose half of my body fat. Yep. You said you would lay five to one if it was over 35%, I believe. And we were still in negotiations if it was under, but it was something around the vicinity of seven to one if it was under that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So. Results are in. The results are in. I got a DEXA scan. And it was 39.7% body fat. So that was on November 4th, 2019. So by November 4th, 2020, or any time prior to that, I have to lose exactly half of that. Okay, the plan is after the five day fast, I will probably let one or two days pass and then retake the DEXA scan, see exactly uh, the effects of what occurred. And I'm also working with a doctor to make sure that I could get through this safely and in the most efficient way possible. According to Berkey, I cannot get liposuction or any other manipulation of a DEXA scan. With that said, I'm actually going to jump in the sauna soon and hopefully we get through that and I'll give you hopefully an update later on today. Currently, we are betting 5,000 to wait for me to win 25,000. So Berkey is laying five to one that I could not do this. Today is day four 
of our fasting mimicking diet. Last night was a little bit tough. Uh, I slept through it though. It's rough. I am pretty sore from the gym and it's day four of this fast and I'm very hungry, but I think I am a favorite at those odds and I am willing to take on more action. If you are an honorable person and people know you, you won't have to escrow. Bill Perkins, you don't have to escrow. I will show you exactly what it is we are able to eat. So we have two soups, some olives, fat bar, kind of a little bit of a candy bar, but it's made out of vegetables, but it tastes kind of good. And a bunch of teas and some things to put it on water. Let's make it through today and hopefully it doesn't kill us. I'm actually down to under 230 now. So that's the first time I've seen that weight in a very, very long time. And it feels pretty good. So that's, that's keeping me motivated. About to hit another DEXA scan. So we're on fast day number five. Things are getting pretty rough, but I feel okay. Uh, let's see what the results are after a week of fasting. We have the results from last week, so we'll be able to compare. I expect to lose a little bit of muscle. So I want to talk a little bit about the results of the whole DEXA scan. And it was a pretty skewed DEXA, DEXA scan simply because I was fasted the whole time and effectively my muscles shrunk, lost all of its water weight. And because of that, it read that I lost like five pounds of muscle in five days. And it also read that I lost two pounds of fat. Now I expect my muscle to return as soon as I eat. We'll be doing some heavy lifting this week and making sure that we are in somewhat of a calorie surplus through protein. And I'm pretty excited about it. So let's get right into it. For me to win this bet, I would need to reach 19.85% body fat between now and exactly 365 days from now. So I have accepted your wager and are you gonna vlog it? I will give little insights of little updates. It won't be an everyday thing, but there will be updates maybe every two weeks, maybe every month. You host a vlogcast. People want they want to see the the process. I understand, but I am a you know my body is my temple, hmm. and I'm not just gonna like expose it to the world. I have a girlfriend. She can ex I could expose it to her. Sure, and. Uh, but I'll, I'll give people an insight. You know, I'm sure there will be uh, happy times and hard times. And I'm excited. I think that it's going to be a fun, uh, a fun year. I, Are you saying that facetiously? No, I think it's going to be fun. Like, I think it's actually going to be like fun to track it. Like, you know, I think I'm going to get excited once I get like down to like 35. Once I get down to 30, it's going to be like, oh, shit. Like, this is going to be really, this is actually really going to happen. Like, oh, um, you're fucked. No, I'm not. You think this is going to be fun? I would. I mean, I'm I am very, very excited. All right. Let me hit you with a little dose of reality. Go ahead, big Ben. You're Go ahead. you're 230 pounds. I'm 235 pounds. OK, so you're 235 pounds and uh, you're five ten ish. Mm -hmm. OK, so in order to win this bet, mm -hmm. 
for you to be at 40% body fat right now, that means that you have very little lean muscle, which is actually probably a good thing because it means that you have a lot of room to improve. And like, there's, there's the whole, uh, like, I don't know what they call it, but like the beginner's boost where like when you first start hitting the gym, you just like see massive gains right away. So that's great. But yeah, I'm not worried about that either. I've seen that before. The, that would be that would imply that's bad then. No, because then I paused, so now we get another beginner boost. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. No, it does. I've it's done not this. that easy to like just lose all your muscle. Yeah, I didn't say it was easy. I I don't think it's gonna be easy, but I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I don't follow that one bit. I mean, you you probably have like a solid. I would say you probably have to lose forty pounds and gain twenty pounds of muscle, um, or like just lose 60 pounds and gain a little bit of muscle along the way. Either way, that's going to be hellacious, a hellacious task. I remember when Kobe Bryant like picked up like 15 pounds of muscle in the summer. It was pretty crazy. You're putting yourself on parallel with Kobe Bryant? No, it's not, we're not parallel. It's, it's I have a year. He had three months. so like. But he's crazy. Kobe fucking Bryant. Yeah, no. I'm Christian Soto. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, think, I think like, I don't know. I think I'm excited. I think I am going to win and... I want you to win. I'm rooting for you. Yeah, me too. I'm completely rooting for you. Actually, I I mean, for the sheer sake of uh, testing the fun, I'm rooting for you to come in at 19% just to see uh, at what level it's fun (laughs) to to effectively reach your goal and still pay $5,000. But No, I have to reach uh, 19.7. Oh, sorry, then 20%. I'd like to see you come in at 20. Yeah, there's no way I'll come in at 20. I'll just like do 25 jumping jacks on the same day and then just like retake the test again for another $100. <laughs> no, like, all right. So that we definitely have to uh, be strict about. You're only going to get the test once on that day because a lot of those things can mess up your biometrics. You have to go fasted. You have to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll work that out because obviously there's like. Like you can just manipulate. Right. All tests can be manipulated. Right, it right, should right. be consistent with when you took it first. So right. Whatever you did today should be exactly what you do the last day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad uh, you know, I gave her a thousand dollars today. I told her to make sure the numbers work out. And uh <laughs> and we'll be fine. Cheap. She's cheap. I also think that I don't have enough exposure. I feel as if I want to raise the stakes, mm. but I don't want to harm you. I don't necessarily I, you know, twenty five it's a nice chunk of change you're going to deliver to my uh, P.O. box through a check. You're going to pay through check or Bitcoin? I, I Honestly, it's it's such a weird thing because I truly am rooting for you, but I've never felt more confident that you're drawing debt at something. I've okay. Just, I, I mean, as long as I've known you, like, I've just, I've never seen, outside of poker, I've just never seen that fire. Yeah, but, you know, it involves money and poker involves money. So we'll see. Uh so, since you think I'm drawing dead, I think you should encourage the community to uh, pick up more action. Maybe just bury me. I'm just, uh, <laughs> and, uh, just gonna get a GoFundMe started to uh, prop bet against Chin. Yeah, actually, I, 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 I guarantee you that uh, this could be on Poker Shares. Yes, it could be on. No, I don't want Poker. I want, I want action. I don't want him to take the action. I want my action. That's true. Right. So I don't think he's gonna start laying six to one. Well, I don't give a fuck. He's just not going to take my money. My point is, if but, you're offering five to one, I don't think he's going to. Right. So I'm offering five you. to one. I personally 
would think is like a pretty cool idea if uh bill perkins gets involved he seems to like this kind of action and uh he and i can negotiate i think mm. something like my 20k to his 100 mm. is somewhere i would like to begin uh so that would put me at twenty five thousand dollar exposure i've never even played a twenty five thousand dollar tournament and I'm, my I'm gonna, five to your 20. I'm going to reach out to Bill and see what other torturous things he can add as addendums to this. Like, no, no, I've already made this bet. I'm just trying to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, extend. all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take your five to one, but I need you to record every single day or I need you to weigh in every single day or just tedious little things that will, will irk you by year one completion. Yeah, you know how I'm doing it? I'm just like writing down how much I'm getting paid for every little thing I do during the day. I had a meal today. Um, it was like bison with avocado. I think it was like 12 bucks. Mm. But like I did the math and I got paid $36 to eat that food. <laughs> it was my only meal for today. I got yeah. paid $36 to eat. Yeah. It was great. That was the most I ever made eating. So I'm excited to eat every day. Once a day. Well, kind of. Yeah. If you eat that second meal, then... No, I won't eat a second meal because then I, that, that brings my more. ROI down. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just thinking in poker terms, like like this this meal makes X bet. Mm. Uh, this bet makes X EV. It's fun. I'm, I'm wondering how much this is making me right now. This little iced tea, no sugar. Nothing. No, it's probably making me like twelve bucks. Why exactly? Because it's uh, replacing whatever else I'm not drinking, which <laughs> right. is probably bad. Right. So. A year-long caloric deficit is is interesting. We'll say that. But I'm excited. I'm glad you're excited too. I can't wait, man. Yes. I can't wait to to revisit this three months from now, six months from now. What happens if you're behind schedule? What's behind schedule? Well, I mean, I imagine you have a plan. Yeah, I have a plan, but I'm not going to divulge it. That's what I'm saying. I imagine you have expectations and milestones and, you know, some some... Mm-hmm. plan moving forward like what happens if if those come up a little short what's what's the secondary plan b i learned something uh this year and it's like when you have a plan b that's not good just do your plan a yeah yeah so that's it all right just make plan a work what if plan a what if plan a is flawed then you lose <laughs> i'm okay losing it's just like poker man sure. it's like if your line's flawed you lost but you have to believe in your line you have to believe in your line. If you believe in your line and it's stronger than the other person's line, most of the time you're going to win. I'm not saying I'm going to win this bet all the time. I'm just going to win this bet often. Mm. Often enough that I'm willing to put up 25000 I mean, you only need to win it 20% of the time. Yeah. If I don't win this bet 20% of the time, then like I shouldn't even play poker anymore. Like, wow. So What else can we get you to agree to under these terms? <laughs> I'm willing to bet 25000 no, that's no, strong. That's, <laughs> that's fucking really strong. When strong. have you seen me say I'm willing to bet twenty five thousand? When you were tilted and said you were going to go buy into a twenty five k. No, I said I was going to put up half of that. Whatever. So that's not tilted. <laughs> yes, you were. You were steamed out of your mind. I probably would have won that one. Maybe. See, that's should, the problem. Should have taken the shot. You, you never know. You didn't take your shot. Shoot your shot, man. So this is pretty exciting. I, I'm really hyped about it. I'm glad. Hopefully, uh, the people watching enjoy the ride and like kind of like it's kind of fun to just like have people say like, "Oh, how's it going?" Whatever you know. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You keep saying fun a lot, man. There is no fun to be had with what you're about to do. Why? I don't know. 
I, I mean, I enjoy going to the gym as much as the next guy. Mm -hmm. I enjoy working on myself, but it is a fucking grind. Yeah, I, it's not necessarily fun. It's kind of just like all the years that you've tortured me. Now I finally get to get you back. How, like how like twenty five thousand dollars, like all hundred dollar bills. What exactly have I done torture? Like you? just like you know, I had like all the like you suck. Eh. Now you it's like that. now it's like pay up, bro. I, <laughs> like like pay up. I don't even know. I might I might not even use the twenty five thousand. Spend the whole thing on. No, I'm not gonna on spend Hanes, it. on Hanes medium shirts. I'm not gonna spend it. I'm just gonna leave it like just like twenty five thousand just back there mm -hmm. just like i might lock i don't need to like super lock this door but like every time we record you're just gonna see your money back there but you can't even get it like you can't even reach it like it's behind me just like berkey's money sure like i'll spend i'll spend the perkins money that's what i'll spend <laughs> um all right so i hope you all enjoyed this vlog cast obviously a lot of different talking points next week hopefully we have joe ingram don't quote me on it. If he's not in here, don't like come after me. Don't find me at the wind, like talk shit. Um, but hopefully he will be here. And until next time, good luck out there. And good luck to you.